Welcome to another episode of Confessions of the Unknown. I'm Fairy, your navigator through the unexpected waters of the paranormal. Tonight, we have three tales that dance on the edge of reality and beyond. Get ready for a roller coaster of the supernatural, from chilling corridors of Cold Harbor Road to a poignant message from the other side and a midnight meeting that defies all logic. So fasten your seatbelts, cause it's going to be a thrilling ride. Our first stop is Cold Harbor Road, a place where shadows whisper and the past refuses to stay silent. I never believed in ghost stories, but that's until my encounter on Cold Harbor Road. It's a road notorious in our town for its unsettling atmosphere, especially after dusk. The road, flanked by dense woods, has always had an eerie reputation with tales and urban legends of strange occurrences and ghostly sightings. I used to laugh them off until that one foggy evening last fall. I was driving home after a late shift. The road ahead was barely visible through the thick fog. That's when I saw him, a figure on the side of the road, thumped outstretched, the classic hitchhiker stance. He was young maybe in his early twenties, wearing a faded leather jacket and jeans. Something about him seemed out of pace, but I couldn't put my finger on it. Against my better judgment, I stopped. The town's small, we look out for each other. He got in without a word just a nod of thanks or something. I asked where he was headed. Just down the road, he said, his voice barely above a whisper. There was a chilling in the air that hadn't been there before. We drove in silence for a few minutes. I stole glances at him. He just stared ahead expressionless. I tried making small talk, but he only responded with monosyllables. The car felt colder. The atmosphere was somehow getting heavier. I was already doubting my decision for taking him out of the road. So I stood silent. As we approached the old bridge near Miller's farm, he suddenly said, Stop here. It was a deserted spot, no houses for miles. I was confused, but I pulled over. He opened the door, stepped out, and then he just vanished. One second he was there, the next nothing. No trace of him, just the fog and the empty road. I felt like I was living in a bad, cliché urban legend or something. I was just frozen, heart racing. I searched a little bit the area with my headlights, 
but it was as if he disappeared into thin air. That's when a cold dread settled over me. I remembered the local stories about a young guy who died on this road years ago, but then I just closed my eyes for a second, tried to calm down, took a deep breath, and tried to make it home. I was so frozen and freaked out, and I cannot clearly explain why. I mean, nothing bad happened to me after all, right? So I drove back as fast as I could, not daring to look into the rearview mirror. When I got home, I did some research. The only thing I found was that a young man did die on Cold Harbor Road back in the 90s, right near that bridge. He was hitchhiking home from college from the holidays and got hit by a car. Now that I think of him, his clothes could be from that era. Then again, I might be getting crazy or just wanting to believe something I just read online. I don't know if what I saw was his ghost or just my imagination playing tricks on me, but I can't shake off the feeling of his presence in my car. I avoid Cold Harbor Road now especially at night. Some things are better left unexplained. Craving more thrills? Visit creepybonfire.com, your destination of the bizarre and the unexplained. From horror movies and video games to true crime and haunted stories, all in one destination. In our next confession, we step into a heart-wrenching yet mystical journey of a mother's love, transcending the boundaries of life and death. It was 1995, and my life was a tapestry of everyday joys and sorrows woven around my daughter, Lily. She was around 16, vibrant and full of dreams. But fate had a cruel twist in store. A sudden illness took her from us, leaving a void in my heart that seemed impossible to fill. The world lost its color, and I, a single mother, lost my North Star. In the aftermath, I was a shell of my former self. I quit my job as a librarian. Every book reminded me of Lily's insatiable appetite for stories. My home became a refuge, a sanctuary where I could cling to her memories. I turned her room into a shrine, preserving every detail from her favorite books on the shelf to the posters on her walls. Months turned into a year, and I remained cocoon in my grief. Friends tried to reach out, but their words were like whispers in the storm. I was adrift in my sorrow, unable to move forward. One night, 
Something extraordinary happened, though. I was sitting in Lily's room, enveloped in the silence, when I noticed a faint glow on her desk. It was strangely bright. I went closer to her desk. It was her old lamp flickering to life on its own. I watched, transfixed as the light grew steadier, casting a warm, comforting glow in the room. As I was focusing on the light, I would swear I heard her voice somewhere. It was unmistakable her, but different. The voice seemed mature, calm, and full of wisdom. She said, Mom. Her voice both in the room and within me. The light was getting brighter at that point but I couldn't find the exact direction of the voice. I started running around in circles in the room and outside of it, trying to figure out where the voice sounds louder. I heard her say, I'm okay. You need to live for both of us. The word struck in me like a bolt of lightning. I felt a mix of shock, disbelief, and a profound sense of peace. The room felt alive with her presence. All I needed to say was, Thank God you're here with me. Lila's voice said, I'm always with you, but you cannot keep me in the past. It's time to let the light back into your life. In that moment, something shifted in me. It was as if Lily had handed me a key to unlock the chains of my grief. I realized I had been holding on to her so tightly that I was stuck in a moment that no longer existed. Her voice was so mature. It was like she was at her 20s or something. For me, it was a year that has just passed. But for her, sounded like a lot more. Emboldened by her message, I began to make changes. I reopened the curtains in her room, letting the sunlight wash over the space that had been shrouded in darkness. And I decided to donate some of her books to the local library, spreading her love for reading to others. As for me, I returned to work, finding solace in the stories in the community there. I started a reading program for teens, encouraging them to dream big, just like she said. As the years passed, I never heard Lily's voice again, but I felt her presence in subtle ways, like a sudden breeze when I was feeling low or a random finding of her favorite flower, or even a book falling open at the page she loved. I learned to embrace life again, carrying Lily's spirit with me. Got a story that sends shivers down your spine? We're all ears at creepybonfire at gmail.com. Share your brush with the unknown and let's unravel these mysteries together.
Our final confession for tonight is a mind-bending encounter that blurs the lines between dreams and reality. A midnight visit that leaves more questions than answers. It's been about 10 years since an event occurred that still sends chills down my spine. This event wasn't just any ordinary occurrence. It involved a dream or perhaps something beyond that. The dream was about a dear friend who had left us too soon. His name was Jason and his untimely departure from this world due to a sudden illness at just 19 had left an indelible mark on our group of friends. Several years after Jason passing, life's twists and turns led my boyfriend Alex and me to move in with Jason's best friend Mark. So we found ourselves sharing a modest one-bedroom apartment, common scenario for those navigating in the financial challenges of an early adulthood. In our shared space, both our beds occupied the same room a setup that spoke volumes of our close bonds and the practicalities of our situation. Then one night, something very strange happened. I was trying to sleep thinking about random things that can actually make me sleep. And it felt like I was in between forgettable dreams when suddenly the scenario shifted dramatically. The environment around me was enveloped in a brilliant light and I found myself ascending a staircase leading to an apartment's door. At that point, I felt like I was having some kind of a deja vu. I opened the door and there was Jason, sitting comfortably on a couch in the living room his presence felt both startling and comforting. I managed to greet him, and he responded with a warm, familiar smile. I settled onto the couch opposite to him. My heart was a mix of joy and sorrow. I inquired about his well-being and expressed how much we all miss him. Jason's demeanor was calm and reassuring. He said he was doing wonderfully and that he misses us as well. He mentioned that he was keeping watch over us from his current place. Curious, I asked about where he was, but he gently evaded the question, indicated that discussing it would necessitate his departure. I quickly steered away from the topic. I didn't want this surreal meeting to end at all. Our conversation seemed to stretch on for an eternity in a dream. He spoke about the importance of embracing life with joy, spreading love, and not lingering on his sudden departure. But unfortunately, at some point, the dream came to an end. I woke in the middle of the night. My heart was pounding. 
the room dimly illuminated by moonlight, Alex was sound asleep beside me, his breathing was rhythmic and deep. Mark, Jason's best friend, was also asleep in his bed. The room felt different, as if it was filled with a residual energy. I couldn't shake off the sensation that Jason's presence was still there. And almost instinctively, I whispered, Jason. At that instant, Mark stared. He lifted his head, turned towards me, and with a look of confusion, he asked, Did you just say Jason? I was startled, but managed to explain about my dream. His reaction, though, was one of astonishment and disbelief. Well, that was weird. Why would I lie? He revealed that he too had just dreamt of Jason. We sat up in the dark room, enveloped by the night, and shared all the tiny details of our dreams. The parallels were striking. The intense light, the staircase, the conversation with Jason, and even his messages of hope and reassurance. We had experienced the same dream simultaneously. The atmosphere in the room was thick, with meaning as we discussed our shared experience. It felt like Jason has truly visited us. That night, sleep eluded us. We spent all the remaining hours talking about Jason, reflecting on the times we shared, and contemplating the enigma of the dream. In the days that followed, the dream lingered our minds. It became a source of solace, a poignant reminder of a friend who was gone, but never forgotten. That dream, or perhaps visitation, remains one of the most profound experiences I had in my life. But I would gladly relieve this over and over. The night's journey has taken us through the whispers of the unseen and the echoes of the past. If you enjoy the podcast, consider about becoming a subscriber. Or even better, subscribe to creepybonfire.com to get our spookiest newsletters. Craving for more? Join me in two weeks for another expedition into the heart of mystery. Until then, keep exploring, keep questioning, and most importantly, keep listening. The unknown awaits. Na, na.